Welcome to Kindly Gifted. I'm your host, Kate Tarantiva, and I can't wait to unwrap the world of influence with you. Every day, your gifted episodes, see what I did there, to help you become fluent in the business of creativity and learn the best kept industry secrets to creating an online presence worth remembering. It's really like having a momager on speed dial. So let's dive into it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Before we get into the episode, I want to quickly introduce our amazing guest to you. Um, Today, I have Sandy Lin, who is a tech founder by day and TikTok creator by night. She is currently based in Taiwan and traveling the world, which is so exciting. Um, She is actually the co-founder of Creobase, which I will put in the show notes below. It is a CRM tool to help creators and influencers manage their brand partnerships. It's actually really cool. I've used it myself. You can actually find brand contacts. It's totally free to use. Um, You can add brand contacts, email brands directly, um, and pitch yourself for brand partnerships and so many more exciting features. So I highly recommend checking out her startup, Creobase. Um, Sandy is also uh, a serial entrepreneur, and an investor. So we're going to be talking about how to build wealth as a creator, both through varying different income streams, but also hearing Sandy's experiences. She has lended some incredible tips and strategies. I honestly can't believe this episode's free. So without further ado, let's get into it. Everything about Sandy and how to get in touch with her, as well as her awesome startup Creo Base will be linked in the show notes below. Um, and then Sandy, if you're listening, thank you so much for coming on again. And I'm just so glad that TikTok connected us. Anyways, enjoy this episode and I'll catch you later. I'm really excited to have Sandy Lynn here. We met on TikTok and I'm really excited to share her story with you as well as give you some information on maybe some unconventional ways that you can monetize off of social media or creativity uh, and ultimately your influence. But tell us a little bit about your story and the personal brand that you've built on social media. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Well, Kate, like honestly, I've been a huge fan of yours on TikTok, so I'm excited to be here. Um, (laughs) But a little bit about me um, before TikTok. So I joined TikTok around 2020 mid-pandemic where everyone's just like dancing dancing and things but before that I was an e-commerce owner I own a small business selling dog collar bandana leashes I'm a dog mom of two so um, that was awesome I had a business for about two and a half years and then it ended around like pandemic and that's when I jumped on TikTok um, I started sharing my journey as a young entrepreneur and within six months I had really great growth at that time TikTok was honestly, really easy to pick up. And as long as you're posting something that are educational and trendy at the same time, you're able to grow pretty fast. So I grew about 300K within that six months period. 
And that obviously opened so much more doors than I could have even imagined. Um, it opened doors for a lot of tech company to contact me that are startup um, in venture capital as well, getting some investment opportunity, joining some startup and helping them work on their go-to-market strategy and how to grow on TikTok as well. So that really led me to wanting to start my own company because seeing all these like creative economies startup being so successful, but run by um, very techy people that are not really in this industry, that got me thinking like, I'm literally in the midst of everything. So now I'm co-founding a my own business. I'm founding my own business in the creative economy space. It's called Creobase. Um, we are helping creators get transparency around brands, find brand contacts more easily, and help them manage their brand end-to-end um, -end solution all the way from getting inbounds and tracking all the partnership deals and getting paid as well. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I've had a sneak peek into what you guys are building and it's really cool. So I'm I'm excited for it. And also I'm sure some of the creators who are listening to this are going to be stoked when this is fully built out and being able to be used. But it's so cool. I think you pursued an unconventional strategy from your influence that you've established because I feel like the majority of the trajectory is like, okay, grow a following, do brand deals. And then either do brand deals for a while until you get an agent or a manager, and maybe then you can start considering other opportunities. But I love that you already had that business experience. And then when you started building your TikTok, you were like, oh, I mean, I can do brand deals and that's great, but also I can invest in people's companies or advise them or consulting or things like that. Did you ever, I mean, saying that like you have obviously worked with a lot of people that are, like you said, more techie, maybe like not particularly involved in the social media space themselves. Do you feel as a young entrepreneur that there is reverse ageism sometimes in those spaces or people look to you like, yes, for your expertise in social media, but maybe don't take you as seriously because of the fact that you're younger? Um, I would say sometimes you'll run into that situations where the founders are a little wondering like, okay, do you really know what you're talking about? But I haven't really run into that situation that much. Sometimes you have to be aware of the situation you're in. Are you getting taken advantage of? I've definitely gotten taken advantage of before, um, but then I learned, I was like, okay, I have to establish myself a little more assertive. Um, so that's a great learning experience, but in general, it's actually been a plus for me because I am young and I, I am in the Gen Z industry and I understand how TikTok work. I understand how tech work and also understand how venture capital work and that kind of combine it all together, allow me to present myself as basically being able to help a tech company go to market because a lot of time the founder themselves are really great at fundraising, really great at building the product, but have absolutely no idea how to break into that market. And a lot of time they are building for younger people like myself. So I'm their direct consumer. Um, so if they're smart, they will be listening. Um, so I would say actually, it's actually a plus for me sometimes being young. And that's good because yeah, I definitely, I mean, I come from the marketing advertising industry and it's the complete opposite situation. Yeah where it's reverse ageism all the time. And then you're a woman and then you're an immigrant and it just adds like all of these different layers of things. So I was very interested to see like, oh, obviously hoping that that was not happening to you, number one, but also just curious if that was. 
you mentioned being very involved in venture capital. I mean, you've built your own businesses as well, which is really cool. How do you know what to build a business around? How did you decide that, you know, having your dog related business was something that was important to you or something that you could turn into a profitable business or the things that you're doing now? Yeah. So I always look to something that you are absolutely passionate about, like building a business is hard on its own and having to go through that and building on something that you don't really care about. It's like worse on worse. So you have to absolutely love what you're doing and the industry that you're serving, especially the people that you're serving. You have to be obsessed with them and understand exactly what they're hoping to achieve or like what they want and how can you help them. Um, That's kind of how I figure out my business model. All the way from like the pet industry, I love dogs. So I was like, you know what? I need to do something around this. And e-commerce was the easiest way for me to get into it. I don't know anything about tech or venture capital until like a year and a half ago. Um, so that was easy for me to decide because honestly, dog was ama- amazing. Um, and then later on, I also run a, a, like a small business community type thing because I'm a small business owner. I feel for my audience. And then now come to now, I'm running a tech agency, uh, like a company because I'm a creator and I love creator business, helping creator thrive. Um, That makes most sense for me to get into this business as well. Um, But yeah, so I'll always say that go into what you absolutely love and then find a problem in there, a pain point. And you want to make sure that the pain point is actually very painful. It cannot just be something that's oh, it's nice to have. If you build this product, I may or may not use it, but it has to be something that people are actually experiencing and what you, how are you going to alleviate their pain point as well? That's a really good point. Yeah. Taking into account what is the void that you can fill with your business for sure. You mentioned also having to exit from your e-commerce business in relation to all the dog related products and pet related products that you were doing. Was it hard for you to say, okay, I'm moving on from this. And also what maybe tips do you have for somebody that feels like they need to move on from a certain business or a certain chapter in their life, but it's hard because you're like, oh, this is going to make me look like a failure. If I shut down the business, I spent so much time building. Um, I want to say like, no one is looking like only yourself, literally. Um, a lot of times people are like, oh, people are tra- keeping track of what I'm doing. Um, maybe your haters are, <laughs> maybe your haters <laughs> are, okay. but who cares? They can unfollow you or you can block them. Um, but other than that, honestly, like, I think you're the one who's like getting inside your head, right? So you're like, oh, I looked like a failure, but not really. You're literally just growing. Whatever you're doing for that first business and you're thinking about pivoting or changing, that's completely fine. That's a part of your journey. I always like to say like in tech, like you see founder raising like $3 million, but guess what? They pivot probably like five times before they push out their final product. And no one consider them a failure because you're just learning, learning and understanding more pain point, changing your business, adapting to it. So if anything, it should be what people should be doing, changing based off of your industry, changing based off of your passion and being preservative and like persistent with that as well. Yeah. That is such a good point. I feel like as adults, I don't know when that time changes, like 
from the transition from an from a child to an adult for some reason as adults we're like to know everything before we do something I think that's gotten so much worse with social media and people presenting a very successful version of themselves and and everybody's like oh well if you want to start a business you already have to have your shit together and you have to know how to like is and you have to know how to do all of these things depending on the type of business you have to want to start and then when you step back, it's like, oh, but I don't maybe know some of the basics and I need to figure that out. And as a kid, you know how children are. I mean, they're so ruthless in the things they say to you, but also the moves that they make, they don't know necessarily the consequences to things. And so they'll just do something and be like, let's just see what happens. And at some point, I feel like as an adult, we kind of lose that. Let's just see what happens. Because like you said, we're so inside of our own heads. Yeah, because the, the more you grow up, the more you have to lose and the scarier you get, which is so sad, honestly, now you think about it. Um, but yeah, so I, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. And then transitioning into venture capital, you mentioned that you got your feet wet in venture capital about a year ago. How did you make that transition or what made you become so interested in that chapter? Yeah. And I have to say, I'm still very, very new about like in venture capital. I, I probably know maybe like 10% of the thing. Um, I'm still learning as well. And before that, I was so scared of touching anything venture capital or tech because it's just an area that I just don't understand how it works. And frankly, I was like, I don't want to know. But because of that, I, I realized that actually, I really want to know. I'm just too scared of touching it because I think that people are going to think I'm dumb because I don't know anything. Um, but what got me really interested in it is that the opportunity of building a long-term wealth and the opportunity of investing in something that you absolutely believe in. Um, I think that creator is in a very cool position where if they get an upgrade deals, they're they're probably pretty cash wealthy in a way, right? So um, you're either starting a business or you're investing in stock or something like that, public stock trading, but people don't really think about investing in private company, which so many people are doing. Like if you're thinking about private equity, people are, how people get rich is investing in private company. And when they exit, so exit meaning that people buy the company out or they go IPO, they became a public traded company. And then the person who invested in a very early age on, very start of the company, they became super fucking rich. Um, and creator doesn't understand that. And I thought that was so fascinating. Um, so when I was presented that first opportunity to get invested, how that opportunity came about was um, Copy AI. So it's a copy generated AI um, company. So they reached out to me on TikTok they were like, oh, I want you guys to try it. I want you to try my tool out. Tell us about what you think. At that time, they were like three months old. And I was like, what the freak is this company? Mm -hmm. um, and I was a little hesitant to talk to them. But then I researched the founder and I was like, oh, wow. Like they're legit founder. So I hop on the call with them, start helping them out literally without pay. Because um, I just actually liked the tool. I was like, holy crap. Like I thought this is going to be a scam, but it's not. Um, so when they were literally, I was like, you can write my copy. Like that sounds like a scam, but right. then it's actually good. Um, so when they were raising a C round, they asked me, do you want to put in a small check? And I was like, you're asking for my money. That sounds so scammy. Like what the hell is going on? <laughs> um, I had to research what's going on. And I realized, okay, so basically I invest in this company right now. They give me some preferred stock or safe 
basically telling you, okay, you own a small piece of this company. Mm-hmm. And when the company get buyout or IPO, I will get return. And I'm so grateful they have 20x, 30x, I don't even know how much the company is right now. So um, that's what I thought was so interesting and got me even more involved in venture capital. That's incredible. I definitely agree with you that I don't think a lot of creators or people of influence, especially like who are internet based, like social media influencers, really realize that there is an opportunity to invest in a companies. I feel like in the, the first time that that went more so viral across a variety of different verticals, aside from just entrepreneurship or business was when Glamzilla and Olivia Ponton announced that they were investors in nude sticks, I believe. And everyone was like, wait, what? How do you do that? How does that work? And then it's like fast forward and Kim Kardashian is like, BT dubs, I have a private equity firm. Everyone was like, what is private equity? So I think people are becoming interested. I wouldn't say familiar, but at least trying to understand what it is. But do you think it is a wise monetization strategy to if you are a creator working with a brand or something, especially one that maybe is a little newer, like you said, if there is an investment opportunity or to trade your expertise for equity or whatever, do you think that that is something you would recommend or how would a creator go about doing something like that? Yeah, I would say it depends on the company. There A lot of research go involved in like equity, like change, right? So if you are a newer creator, um, I would recommend like building relationship with brands one-on-one, especially building relationship with startups. Um, if you're a newer creator, just give them something for free in return, right? Like get that relationship going. If the goal for yourself is to get more involved in the company and build more long-term wealth and grow your network, offering something for a free advice or your time goes a long way in terms of going about building a network. Um, but in terms of like thinking about what company to invest and is it worth it, it depends on the company. So when a company reach out to you, make sure you do your due diligence and make sure you understand who the founder is. Are they credible? Is this their first business? If so, like what school they go to or what is their past experience? Hop on a call with them. Do they have a pitch deck that you can check out? Or do you actually relate to the problem that they're solving? And if you do relate to it, do you relate to the product that they're solving? Like, product that they're building and how can you contribute as a creator rather that be your maybe full-time job is a project management or marketing person um, or you're a creator how can you add value to that in exchange of um, equity Mm, yeah that is really interesting so building focusing on building relationships and then essentially finding an opportunity for your the two of you to cross over is super interesting um in terms of like long-term wealth and building long-term wealth. Can you elaborate a little bit more on how a creator would be able to do that, whether that is through some of these beans and venture capital or private equity, and also feel free to define some of these terms if you yeah, want yeah. to, because I, I know some people listening on here may be like, what are these things? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I guess I'll first define what venture capital is. It's basically, <laughs> it's so funny. The, I will put it at five years old as a person that has money uh, or a group of people that has a fund. So venture capital is a fund that invested in company. But 
as creator, we call ourselves angel investor. So you basically have some money that you can invest in early startup that give them money so they give you equity in return. And you're hoping that the company will do well in the future so you will get more money in return. Um, so that's a thing that's about venture capital and angel investing. Um, but for long-term wealth for creator, I think there are so many different ways. If you don't like venture capital or angel investing, don't go into it. It's okay. Um, there's so many other routes. Um, starting your own business, collaborating, doing podcasts, or I don't know, like start launch your e-commerce shop or offer a service or something like that. But I strongly push creator to not focusing on one vertical of social media. Um, if you're only on TikTok, please, please, please branch out to either YouTube or podcast or Instagram. I would even just suggest podcasts and YouTube. Um, and I need to take my own advice on that, which I'm going to do next month, <laughs> next year. Um, because you, TikTok is fairly new. Um, and we haven't really seen a full life cycle of TikTok creator yet. Uh, we haven't even seen a full life cycle of how creator looks like. How does creator like retire? Like, do they even retire? Right. So like, how does TikTok do, do that? And that's what a lot of talent management agencies are pushing creators to do on TikTok, to go to build their own business, to go to do podcasts, mm -hmm. to collaborate with different brands. So they are building network and income from other places. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Having multiple streams as a creator, income streams as a creator is really important. I make people's ears bleed on this podcast about that. So you are 100% in line with what we usually discuss here. Um, in terms of, you know, building your own business as a creator, I think that there's fear around that sometimes, or creators feel like, okay, if I'm working with brands and that's my current income stream, then the natural extension of that is for me to then become a creator coach, which like, oh my God, please don't. Um, <laughs> we're done. We're done with those. Let's shut them down. What is a piece of advice that you have for a creator who wants to start their own business, but doesn't know what to do with that, or doesn't want to go in the traditional extension of being an influencer coach or creator coach or teaching other people how to get brand deals? Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say do your own research, um, educate yourself on the field that you want to go into, but also finding a co-founder could be a really great way. Uh, finding a co-founder or finding a mentor. So you know distribution, right? So you're a creator, you're great at distribution, you know how to tell a story, that's your strength. But what you don't know is how to build a product, how to source product, um, how to do manufacture, logistic, or build a literally a tech company or code. So find the other person that exactly know how to do that or have experience doing that and partner up with them. That's where Kim Kardashian come from. My like Kim come from that. Um, Kim Kardashian is not the CEO, I believe. I think. No, no. Um, yeah. So she's the spokesperson and she is the marketing person, the face of the brand, but she has a person and a team that's run their company. And same as Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast is a face of Feasible, Beast Burger, but there's a whole CEO and team that run each of the department. So think of the way how big creator and celebrity operate, and you can follow that footstep in a smaller scale, but still follow that same roadmap kind of. 
That's a, yeah, definitely appreciate you giving examples here. I think that's super helpful. Um, another great example of that is Khloe Kardashian's Good American and then the CEO being Emma Grady. I think she's also either the co-founder or CEO of Kris Jenner's uh, safely like home cleaning products. But yeah, it, it is a good strategy to have a, a co-founder for sure, especially if you do need that support and looking to other larger creators who have figured out a way to extend beyond just social media brand deals and go and do other things is definitely really smart. If somebody wants to get into investing specifically and investing into other companies of some sort or finding a place that does specifically invest in creator startups or the creator economy as a whole, how would you recommend going about figuring out the process of investing, especially for somebody who is new to that and maybe a little fearful of the process? Yeah, so uh, MGO investing is all about who you know. Um, exactly, like, if I have to put it, just like who you know um, and who can bring you deals and who can pull you into a deals when the deal is happening. And the best way to do that is first educate yourself for sure, understanding what angel investing is and how do you get return. And then the second one is to understand the industry that you want to go into, um, whether that be AI, health or creator economy, choose a specific industry that you want to focus in and then research who is a main investor in that industry, who is a main investor in the venture capital and their uh, angel investor in that industry. In creator economy, one the biggest one would be, I would say A16Z are very big, Nine Venture, which is owned by Mr. Like partner with Mr. Beast. Um, Lee Jen is a very uh, prominent angel investor in the creator economy space. So understand these people and follow them on Twitter because people that are in venture capital or in tech goes on Twitter and, and LinkedIn sometimes, but mostly on Twitter. So follow their activities, understand what they're talking about and reach out to the people below them a little bit so you can work up the ladder. Um, see the type of company that they have invested in before. What are the adjacent companies that are up and rising? I use Crunchbase for that. So Crunchbase is basically like a, I would say, um, basically showcase a bunch of different company and how much money that they have raised before or they are raising right now. Um, so I use that and see who's the investor in these company and how can I get in contact with these people and connect with them on Twitter and LinkedIn as well. Yeah. Got it. Why is Twitter the platform that they're all on? Like what's the tea with that? I, I, <laughs> Oh, no, like honestly, I think Twitter is just like a bro, like tech bro kind of thing. Um, like just it's just how you know social media e-commerce are on TikTok and um Instagram and Twitter just happened to be where a lot of tech people live. Almost every tech company has a Twitter account. Um, but reporter and investor tech company are living on Twitter. It's just their home. That is, yeah, I wouldn't have expected Twitter necessarily to be the main platform. I would have thought LinkedIn, but at the same time, Twitter makes a lot of sense because it's very yeah. quick. And let me just quickly get the thing I need to say out and I don't need to write a whole spiel on LinkedIn about it. So I guess that makes sense. It's just very interesting. I wouldn't have expected that, but at the same time, it makes a lot of sense. Oh, uh, right. 
I hate Twitter. Like I hate it. I don't understand how to use it, um, but I still use it because it get me somewhere. It get me into doors. Um, so I started Twitter like two years ago, and I still don't post a lot. But once you start providing values and start getting to know people, you kind of get a groove of it. But it's kind of still boring, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. So what's the tea? How did you figure out, how did you crack Twitter? How did you, did you just start like share? It just works very differently from every other platform. I don't think I have practical at all. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I just kind of know. Uh, and I, I do test it out sometimes. So I follow a bunch of people in the same category. So then Twitter starts showing me people that like things that I want to see, it's kind of teaching the algorithm similar to what, how you teach TikTok as well. Right. And then I started studying what people are talking about on Twitter, start liking their things, retweeting. I don't even know how to retweet at first. And I started to like, just answer people's talking about marketing and talking about TikTok. And then one day I was like, okay, people in tech doesn't go on TikTok that often yet in 2020. Right. Um, let me talk about that. So I just started talking about why people in tech doesn't go on TikTok. And I thought that was stupid because like, you guys should be using TikTok to get viral. The easiest right. thing. Yeah. And then people were like, oh yeah, that's so right. I was like, that's a no-brainer, but okay. And then I started getting people to notice me because of that. Um, and then I was like, if you want to connect with creator, let me know, I'll connect you. And we got like a hundred people to sign up to a, a survey that I did. Um, so you just got to find your niche kind of, and how can you provide a shock value? Something that you know from other platforms that perform really well, could probably perform well on Twitter as well. Um, but the wording is going to be a little different. Mm, so that's, that's an interesting way to think of it is like, it does have that same underlying concept of you need to be providing value because Twitter, when it first started, it was definitely like, like Britney Spears would tweet, oh, I'm sitting on my couch right now eating potato chips. Yeah. People would like lose their minds. And it just felt like it was a celebrity status platform. It was like Facebook and the, the status feature of what it is that you're doing, but people only gave a fuck if you were famous. And so it's cool to see how that's become very different now with Twitter. And it's about the same things with providing value. It's definitely very interesting for sure. My final question for you would be, what are some tips that you have for creators? Cause I know you mentioned that a lot of some of this exploration process was also in some ways connected to becoming fearless and letting go of some of that fear of things that you didn't know and being okay with learning something new or letting go of the fear of what are people going to think of me or will they perceive me as an expert or not or whatnot. How do you recommend for somebody to also let go of very similar kind of fear roadblocks and, and just start pursuing the things that could potentially unlock their new chapter of success? Oh, I have so much mental breakdowns because of this, this entire fear situation. I'm not going to lie. Um, I was building my tech company and I don't know what tech means. And I was fundraising and I was like, I don't know how to create a pitch deck. And I spent so much time just having mental breakdown, crying. I was like, oh my God, I'm so stupid. I couldn't learn this. Um, the first thing is find your community. Um, get a group of people that are in your same boat that you can literally ask stupid questions and no one's going to judge you because everyone is there. Um, that would be my first thing. And the second thing is educate yourself. 
so much that you are not able to feel it anymore because the more you educate yourself in every single direction, you're basically chipping away that fear of unknown. Um, so that's kind of how I conquer a lot of my fear, but also getting a mentor that are able to kind of help you and guide you in that situation is very important. So I think three of these combined would be the way I kind of go to suggest creator to get over a fear, but yeah. That's definitely a good point. Last question, because I feel like you just brought up something really interesting. Do you have a strategy for going about finding a mentor? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You've like heard people who will hop onto networking calls and then quite literally be like, will you mentor me? And that's never effective, but I'm curious like how you found your mentor. Was it accidental? Did you stumble upon somebody Did you just have a conversation with someone and realize we click and that person can help me? How did you go about finding some of your mentors? Um, It's very organic, but also strategy kind of. So like you obviously want to connect with a bunch of people first, a lot of different people. And then you want to find the ones that you really vibe with and they kind of vibe with you as well. But the biggest thing is that mentors are probably like 10 steps ahead of you. And it's really hard to get times off of their calendar, right? Um, And you need to make yourself either for them to be able to see that you have a potential or you can somehow provide some sort of value to them as well, either giving them equity or giving them um, deals or anything that you can think of for them. Um, And then being able to get them on text message. I think that was my secret, like being able to like hop on a two, three call with them and get their text message. Um, once you get their text message, it's basically a free load of gold. You can literally text them sometimes. Um, so that's kind of my strategy. And, and because of that, um, you establish a more personalized conversation and it's not just about work. Then you started to formulate a more, um, personal relationship. Um, then you ask them, Hey, would you be interested if we hop on a call like once per month or once every two months? And we can just talk about the situation. But most of the time you want to make sure you are able to get their personal connection first. Yeah. Yeah. That is a good tip. I was sitting here as you were talking and I was thinking, yeah, that's also how it happened. For me, it was just a relationship building process. And then eventually I completely agree. Once you get their number, you crack the code because most of these people, especially if it's like somebody that normally with mentors, like you probably in some capabilities, idolize them because they're like where you want to be, or you put them on a pedestal. People like that are so busy and also they don't have just anybody texting them. So you have their number. It's like you won something, you won a prize. So I love that. I think more creators also need to start finding mentors, whether that be the creator yourself or somebody who's an entrepreneur or somebody who understands what you're doing online sometimes can be really helpful to and add another layer to like the mentorship process. I would say one thing I'll have to add is like, just be humble. Um, I think create like sometimes um, creators that are a little larger could get a little lost um, with that fame. Uh, Be humble. Like Literally, I, I was a little bit like that. I was like, I was young and I was like, oh, I think I know a lot of things. I was like, fuck, you don't know anything. <laughs> like literally, 
like throughout the years, I'm like, oh, wow, I have so much learned um, and approach so many different industry of people. And that's how I feel like you're going to be able to grow a network. Once your network is there, you're going to be fine. I love that you talked about all of this from a very relatable angle, discussing things that, you know, anybody's going through, whether you feel insecure about things you don't know, or you just feel fearful, you're having mental breakdowns. Cause like, same, I'm over here like, oh my God, I'm not alone. Um, so I think this was super helpful to anybody listening on the other side who feels like they're the only ones experiencing these fears of theirs and just take Sandy's advice and dive into it, leave all of your fear aside, even if it sometimes creeps in and pursue some of those delusional girl goals that are a little scary. Yep. I mean, everyone, like no one's looking at you. Only you are looking at yourself. Just stop thinking about people. Oh, period. (laughs) Period. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on and chatting a little bit more about your experience and some of the things that you'd recommend for creators to do. Uh, Hit up Sandy on social media. She's amazing always responds to comments such a good relationship builder so definitely hit her up if you're interested in maybe beta testing your yeah your startup or just asking her for advice i mean don't bombard sandy obviously but ask her some questions i'm sure that she would be happy to to guide you in the right direction because they're so personable and just so kind so I appreciate you coming on and sharing your expertise and giving us your time because I know you're super busy. No, I have so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for tuning in to Kindly Gifted. To support the podcast, please leave a review, share with your friends, and don't forget to subscribe. Make sure you follow me on TikTok at Kate Mob for more creative secrets from the internet's momager. See you on the next episode of Kindly Gifted.